Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. I am an editor here at Above the Law, and usually this is where my co-host Ellie Mistal would jump in, but he's not with us today. Good news, you have other editors. Yeah, so thankfully Above the Law has other editors, so I'm joined by sometimes guest of the show, Catherine Rubino, who's filling in today as our co-host. Hey there. So, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good, good. Anything? It's almost Christmas time. That seems exciting. Yeah, you know, anything fun for you lately? Uh, I feel like you're trying to get me to answer something specific, and I'm not sure what that no, is. No, I was actually asking because I thought maybe it would be entertaining banter, but I didn't know that you were going to be <laughs> such a pain about it. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you no. do anything fun today? Do you write any interesting stories? Any? Oh, I did. Um, I wrote a story. Um, there's a lawyer in Manhattan who's suing a neighbor who is the wife of this big hedge fund boss. And she apparently blasts her Christmas carols from 7 a.m. to midnight every day quite loudly. And so he's suing her over it. And uh, in my post, I just uh, wrote the lyrics of many different Christmas carols as I could and linked to the YouTube uh, versions of my favorite version of each of those songs just to spread a little holiday cheer. Yeah. All right. I had fun with that one. Yeah. Well, okay. That sounds fine. Well, I, I mean, mean listen, I, told I, wrote, I wrote about the economic travails of big law firms, but you know, as you, you know, know to each their... I'm much more into the holiday spirit than you are. I think is I guess I also wrote here. about Tiffany Trump today. I mean, exactly. Please don't pretend like you're on some high horse here. Yeah. I wrote about Tiffany Trump, who is planning to go to law school. She's already visited Harvard Law School and is now visiting Columbia Law School, which is uh, where I believe you went. You, yes, I, I in fact. She still there. has not visited the best law school in New York. But... Stop it. That is not what U.S. News and World Report says. I mean, nor uh, our rankings, by the way, whatever hacks all of them. Oh, please. Uh, See, This is a constant source of disagreement between Joe and I. He went to the lesser law school in New York, NYU Law. Well, I am a proud alum of Columbia Law School. I mean, whatever. I, I got into Columbia. I just uh, didn't. I, I just got didn't into think, NYU. Yeah. I feel like this is I not, just made a better choice. Oh, I made the best choice. Don't, don't worry. Fair Otherwise, enough. I would have had to go to school with you. And that would have been terrible. Oh, yeah, that would have. Yeah, good point. Yeah, although I am. So younger. this is where we normally grind gears. Without Ellie, it's a little bit harder to do that. Um, well, we I guess we're kind both, of grinding gears about law schools. That's true. Although we are both, generally speaking, less angry as people than he is. I don't know about that. Or do you <laughs> think you're? Do you think you're less angry as a person than Ellie? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes, I am definitely a less angry person, and that's not to say I'm not an angry person, but I'm less angry than Ellie for sure. I yeah, feel, I feel pretty good about that characterization, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, sp- and I don't think you're an angry, particularly angry person. Yeah. You're a bigger troll than he is. Oh, fair enough. Fair I mean, enough. there's a little nuance there. I think Ellie's anger is uh, is more, uh, comes from more of a righteous place as opposed to a uh, desire to cause other people harm, which is where I think well, yours I, comes I, from. I don't try to cause other people harm. I'm just, mm, it, I'm just, embarrassed. I'm just painfully blunt, I think is the <laughs> more accurate term for it. Like my interaction, um, for those who didn't read it in the pages above the law, I got in a fight the other day with Professor Alan Dershowitz, mm. which resulted in him really writing an article. Now. What? You've really made it now. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, but we got in a fight over something he said, and basically, 
he got very mad at me because I was fairly blunt about how wrong he was. And then he wrote this long, drawn-out response, which missed the point of everything I'd said. And I pointed out that, once again... He misses the point. And, you know, I will I will just note that, uh, yes, Joe got into a heated debate and argument with a noted legal scholar. And that was maybe the happiest Joe has ever been. at the <laughs> shop. That's who we're dealing with here. folks. Fair, fair enough. Uh, well. OK, fine. All right. So <laughs> big news. Big breaking news. Woo-hoo. This is the where we would normally have like a globe turning and yeah, like, like a lot of ticker tapey sound. Yeah. All right. The breaking news right now is that big law bonuses are out. Bum bum. Yeah. Then they're at the same levels as they were in 2015 last year for the big law firms, the sort of market rate. Um, Cravath said it and they had the same rates this year, which is uh, pretty good. Yeah. Um, pretty it ranges, good. I believe, from what, 15,000 to 100? Depending yeah. on your your class year, which is a lot of money, nothing to sneeze at. But I think the bigger news is not the bonus, but the fact that they still got the same bonuses while most of these people at these firms also got raises this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was my takeaway. I was like, this was the most, I don't know, this was the most anticlimactic bonus season uh, <laughs> Only because everything else had been earlier in the year had been said so important. Yeah, for those of you who haven't been following, uh, in July of this year, again, market leader Kravath set uh, new standards uh, for the base salary for associates, ranging from $180,000 right on up the chain. And despite getting this $20,000 plus raise, uh, they still gave the same bonuses as last year. Yeah, I mean, my issue with it being anticlimactic was. It seemed to me as though what Cravath was doing in the summer was trying to say, we're going to push everybody who is not one of us at the top of this food chain. We're going to push them out. We're going to win the recruiting battle because we are going to pay more money than all these other people are. Mm -hmm. And then everyone matched them. Right. And all I could think was, all right, you know, you, you made your big move, to use a poker analogy. You've made your big move. Everyone continued to stay in the pot. What are you going to do now? Are you going to are you going to raise on top of that the next time around, or are you are you content? And basically, what Cravath did was say, We're good. "All right, you know, you call this. There's, <laughs> we got nothing." <laughs> I thought deuces. I really thought there might be a bigger bonus as they tried to make the bonus the way in which they went over the top of everybody, and okay. they didn't. Not to say that there aren't people who didn't beat the market. There are some regular players who beat the market all the time. There's some boutiques that managed to beat the market. That was Mm -hmm. exciting to see. Lots of very, very intense, you know, very selective litigation boutiques that are offering more money to stay elite as far as who they recruit. Sure. There's even uh, a big law firm uh, that offered special bonuses on top of their normal industry matching end of year bonuses in order to put them a little bit over the top as well. Yeah, it's it's an interesting phenomenon in the legal industry at this point, because as Ellie and I, when we had an earlier podcast talking about the salary increases, one thing we talked about was how the market just isn't acting rationally in that there are a few very elite firms that can afford to be spending this much, and then everyone else is following suit, even though it really isn't in their best interests. Mm -hmm. And when you take that and add it to today's city report that came out, I guess 
this episode isn't live. So the city report that recently came out, <laughs> uh, city private bank did a report that pointed out that demand has for, as it has for the last several years, been completely flat for legal services, which mm-hmm. means there's not a lot of new business coming in. The only way that these folks are making more money is by raising their rates. And one has to wonder how long that can keep going. So is there a situation where maybe spending all this money is going to eventually hit a hit a wall, at least for some of these firms? Um, I think eventually we will hit that rate, but apparently it's not 2016. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably right. Well, so that's the... Uh, that's your business news for this episode, really. I mean, we don't really, I mean, oh, no, there is one other, there is other one other bone to pick, which is, is and this goes back to the salary issue, which is more and more this particular bonus season, more firms are doing lockstep bonuses across all their offices, hmm. which has been a trend. More and more people have done that over the years. But after the salary increases of the summer, which I trolled at the time, to use your term. (laughs) I pointed out at the time that it was absolutely ridiculous that somebody in Houston was making the exact same amount of money as an associate slaving away for 2,800 hours a year here in New New York York. City. Agreed. And now we're seeing more and more firms do their bonuses exactly Mm -hmm. the same too, which was another aspect of trying to make good by the New York markets doing more work. Right. And being more expensive. For sure. Um, and I think that more and more as people uh, in the big law hamster wheel get wise, we'll see if they can go back home to wherever they're from, see if there's a big law market in their hometowns where they can get a much cheaper cost of living, potentially a lot less hours, and uh, you know better quality of life overall while still making the exact same amount of money. Yeah. It just strikes me as... A prob- another problem in the industry, and one problem that is going to, like you said, cause problems for retention and recruitment, mm-hmm. because you're going to see, I think, honestly, the catchphrase for this episode so far is more and more. Um, <laughs> you're going to see increasing numbers of talented associates go, why do I have to stay well, exactly. here? Exactly. Oh, for yeah. sure. And I mean, we definitely saw that from a lot of the ATL tipsters sent us stuff over the summer when the raises were happening, when they were doing them lockstep across offices. People were saying, why am I not in the Miami beach office? Why am I in New York? I'm paying twice as much in rent as I would if I was back home. But, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm making the same amount of money. And, you know, there's fewer partners, less demands on your time, perhaps less screamers in the office. And so there's lots of reasons why people, I think, are going to be looking to potentially seeing if what options are available for them outside of New York City. I don't know about screamers. The uh, when I talk, when, And whenever I think about Texas and law, I <laughs> always have to go back to the world's greatest video deposition. If everyone's not seen it, Joe Jamail takes a deposition, the late Joe Jamail, the, the late up. and great, yeah. where he took a deposition and got in a fist fight with the expert that he was sure. deposing. Sure, there's certainly hot tempers in the legal profession, no matter where you're located. But I do think there's something about the sort of concentration of big law partners at, in law firms in New York City that kind of the attitudes feed off of one another and create untenable situations for a lot of the associates that have to deal with a lot of these partners. Yeah, very true. So this is the state of the legal industry right now, I think is what we're trying to say. You know? Sounds about and right to me. 
congratulations and good on you if you got a big bonus. Sorry if you didn't. If you have any complaints, you should let us know it above the law. For sure. Uh, and if you are getting bonuses, you should also let us know because yeah. we like to keep everyone informed. Yeah, that's tips, T-I-P-S, at com. You can send that. And we will keep all tips completely confidential. So don't worry about it if you're complaining about somebody that you work with. We all keep that to ourselves. That's true. Yeah. And that's how we stay on top and provide that service. You know, that I, I like that. That made us help seem us. like selfless. Help us help you. Yeah. Made us seem like we're great we people try. trying to help out. I mean, I mean, I think we are great people, but. I don't know that we're trying to help out, but we're definitely great people. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So the second half of this program, I wanted to discuss with you a fun idea that I had, which was. It's bowl season coming up here it in is. a few days. College football, yeah. Yep. So I wanted to go through the bowl matchups that feature schools who have ABA accredited law schools. Okay. <laughs> a rapid college football breakdown of bowl games involving law schools. So are we picking them based on the law school or based on the football team? I think we should discuss both. Okay. We'll go ahead. Okay. All right. So ready? I'm ready. Well, as ready as I can be. All right. December 21st, mm -hmm. the San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. Sounds. It sounds like one of those. Yeah, it seems like a bowl exciting. that we absolutely need. Uh, <laughs> BYU. Hey, hey, stop it. We we need every single bowl game. <laughs> I am very much in favor of all the small bowls. They're fun games. They tend to be teams that are of like, you know, skill levels. So they tend to be a lot more exciting than your regular, you know, year long games. Um, and it's, it's the last hurrah for college football. How could you that, be sad about that? That's true. I mean, I've always said that too, that the upshot of the bowl game is that it tends to be two evenly matched teams. And mm -hmm. even if they're terrible, if they're evenly matched, it could be entertaining. Exactly. All right, so Poinsettia Bowl, BYU, Wyoming. Um, Wyoming. I'm picking Wyoming. Yeah, I think I am too, although I have no real good reason for that. I guess uh, Wyoming did beat San Diego State, which is which a very good like, yeah. school. Yeah. Uh, not for law school necessarily. I don't have a law school, but <laughs> a very good program this year. So mm -hmm. Wyoming seems like that's the better squad. Yeah, I think that's probably true. For law school, I think I'd pick BYU. Yeah, obviously um, for law school, it's a different story. Yeah. This is why they play the games as opposed to <laughs> compare LSAT scores, I guess. Yeah. All right, that's your first date with law school bowling. December 26th, the Quick Lane Bowl. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds like something. Yeah. Um, Maryland and Boston College. Ah. A battle of six and six teams. Ooh, ooh. Um, here's the reason that I'm going to go with Maryland. Um, I appreciate their terrible uniform game. Um, <laughs> they, they tend to feature the Maryland state flag, which is a weird level of pride that I kind of think is fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, Maryland is, is a cool state, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I also think Maryland, oh God, the, the, these are such bad teams. Um, <laughs> I'm going to slightly go with Maryland, too. Uh, their uniforms are hideous, but I I feel as though that's a better move. Uh, law school-wise, I'm ambivalent, BC. I think. I think I'd go to BC. I guess it's probably BC. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's part of it's just, you know, oh, you go I to Boston to for BC, law school. Actually. Did you? Yeah. I, it was kind of my, I like... I BC for undergrad. I, it was kind of like my, if I didn't get into any of the others, but then I got Would in. you have gone to law school if, if you know, you hadn't gotten into, you did go to... Uh, 
well-ranked team a school even if it's not as good as my school is ranked. right yeah no um i would have gone to one of the lesser schools on my list mm -hmm. because i thought they were fine enough and sure. i could have transferred and, and then yeah. bc was like you're like if nothing else this is where i'll probably go yeah yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of my backup. Mine was UCLA. That was my backup. Oh, interesting. That was okay. where I thought. I don't know why I had this real fascination with moving to LA because I'm New York City born and raised, never not lived in New York City up until this point in my life. So I don't know. It just seemed really exciting to me. But then I got into Columbia, and that was that was that. All right. The next day, the twenty seventh, in the military bowl, ironically featuring no one from the military. <laughs> Even though all the military academies are playing this year. Uh, uh, is Air Force playing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Air nice. Force won the Commander-in-Chief trophy. Oh, They're they? the best. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know, obviously, I watched or followed the Army-Navy game this weekend. That was pretty exciting as Army stopped a 14-year losing streak to Navy. Yeah, that was good. That, that was, was super that was a fun. fun game. That was super fun. All right. Uh, so, so I'm sorry, who's playing in the military bowl that is not Army, Navy, or Air Force? The, Mar the military bowl, number 24 Temple against Wake Forest. I mean, Temple, right? Uh, Temple, I mean, obviously. Wake Forest is not known as a really great football program. True. Wake Forest was plucky earlier in the season, though. So okay. they got that going for them. Temple's coach just left. He did. For Baylor. He did. So. He did. That is true. Um, I guess I wasn't thinking about the coaching level of it. I don't know. I just feel like Temple's played better all year. I think and, that's you right. You know, you always play for your seniors in your final game. I think that that's, I still think that Temple's got this one. Agreed. Let's go Temple. Woohoo. All right, December 28th, well, there's actually three on the 28th, the New Era Pinstripe Bowl played, played in here. Boston, in the Bronx, rather. Yeah. Number 23, Pitt versus Northwestern. Pitt has had a lot of quality wins this year. They beat Penn State, by the way. We all forget about that, I That's think. That's true. Uh, they play, they I beat mean, Clemson. They beat Clemson. They, 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 they have to win this game, right? Yeah. If they don't... I don't even... Pitt should win this game... Handily. Handily, yeah. Handily. Like I think Northwestern's the better school, though, as far as law school goes. Uh, That's I where would I would agree. rather go. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, yes, for sure. Also Pitt, for sure. Pitt has that really cool building, but I think that's just for the undergrad. I think that is the undergrad building as well. What is the Temple of Learning? But I believe it yeah. is the Cathedral, the I think. Cathedral, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Cathedral All right. Cathedral Learning. For those who don't know it, they have a, like, gothic cathedral that's like, 30 stories tall or some ridiculous. It's crazy and beautiful and has crazy views yeah. from the top of it. It's it's, it's nuts. All it's right. Fantastic. Also that day, the Russell Athletic Bowl, West Virginia and Miami. Go WVU! Yeah, West Virginia's number 16. There you go. Miami's uh, unranked. Yeah, I'm also historically a big fan of West Virginia. I have a lot of friends down in the state, and I don't know, I find it hard not to root for them. Yeah, I think West Virginia is probably better here. They uh, they certainly looked pretty good this season. They actually played defense, which is insane uh, for a Big 12 school. Although the games that they fell apart in, they fell apart. True. Miami looked really good this season until they lost to Florida State and then hasn't looked good since. So, mm. Yeah, I guess that's true. Both teams, They you know, when the wheels come off, they come off. So maybe it'll be a really terrible but fun game. Oh, you know, I don't think we ever picked the Temple Wake better law school. I don't know. I guess I don't really know. I don't really know. So we'll go ahead and skip that. I Miami's the better <laughs> law school of those two, though. Yes, that is correct. Foster Farms Bowl, Indiana University, who also just got rid of their coach uh, under different circumstances, versus number 19, Utah. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, even if Utah wasn't, I think, clearly the better team, um, I do think that losing your coach under the scandalous circumstances that Indiana lost their coach uh, is going to be hard for them to rally back and to win this game. Yeah, two separate incidences of violating, basically, obviously, the we Geneva don't have Convention. all the details, but it <laughs> certainly sounds like lots of uh, abusing the players, yeah, uh, beating really, them up. and yeah. yeah, And injured players. And, yeah, playing injured players, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Doesn't sound good. Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, I think it's hard for any squad to rally when that type of stuff becomes public. It's like airing your dirty laundry. I think that it's a hard situation, and I think Utah's pretty good. I mean, I have a, as far as law school goes, though, uh, I think both are pretty good. I have a soft spot for Utah because I've known a lot of people who've gone to Utah over the years. So yeah, fair enough. I mean, Bloomington's a lovely town. Yeah, and well, actually, how do you count this? I guess you'd count the Bloomington campus and I not think, the other. Yeah, I would think so. Even though the law schools are, yeah, they're fine. This is now on the thirtieth. You get the 29th off. The thirtieth, we have three more bowls. The Hyundai Sun Bowl, number 18, Stanford versus North Carolina. Well, I do think that Stanford will win. I think that they have looked pretty good throughout most of this year. Obviously not the best in their conference, but I do think that they'll pull it out. And I think the law school question is a foregone conclusion there because Harvard and Yale are not putting out teams that are in bowl (laughs) games. So that pretty much means that Stanford is by far the best law school playing in the bowls this year. Yeah, I think uh, by far. Uh, So that right there is your college football law school champion, Stanford. Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think. There's no trophy, just our undying. UNC, fun, good. uh, General Mitch Trubisky, their uh, quarterback, Mm -hmm. great. But no, Stanford will slowly and methodically grind through them before Christian McCaffrey breaks off 80 yards. (laughs) I do think that that's the game I'll be the least likely to watch, though, on this this schedule so far. Oh, okay. I mean, I I don't particularly... You you mean you'd you'd watch that less than you'd watch our next game, the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl between Nebraska and number 21, Tennessee? Well, listen, Nebraska, yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting game. That's actually in Nashville, isn't it? The game. It is. Yeah, I'm still gonna go with Nebraska. I don't think that always the higher seed wins, especially in bowl games. When you're talking about, you know, I think the rankings are the best they can be, but a lot of times they're apples to orange comparisons because they don't have similar schedules and whatnot. But you know, Nebraska looked good, particularly in the beginning of the season, and I think that I think they can pull this one out. Yeah. I like Mike Riley as a coach. I think. Uh... I think Tennessee has underachieved the entire season. I want them to lose. And I also think that people want, especially, uh, you know, college football commentators, I think people want Tennessee to be better than they are. Yeah. It's like, yes, Peyton Manning was great, you guys, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) Peyton Manning's not walking through that tunnel, so. So, uh, next up, also on the same day, the Capital One Orange Bowl, number six, Michigan versus number 11, Florida State. Yeah, uh, I think that'll be a very good game. That is the game probably I'm most excited about um, on this list. I'm going to say Florida State. Um, I think that Michigan... Interesting. I I think Michigan's the favorite. Yeah, I think that that's true. Um, But I, I don't think Michigan will win. I think that 
they had a bad loss against uh, not not in the sense that they should have won the game, but they didn't take the loss against Ohio State particularly well. At least if their coach uh, is any indication, and I think that that makes it difficult. They felt like they were somehow robbed of being uh, considered for the playoff, and I think that that you know makes the players go off on tilt. Um, and I and I think that Florida State has been hasn't gotten a, as much attention throughout the year, uh, but I think that they have been pretty consistent. Yeah, I think that's right. I there's obviously a lot of talent in Tallahassee. I sure. just I don't know. I I think I'm probably go still going with Michigan, Michigan? but yeah. it's uh, is this is the first one we've disagreed on, by the way. Yeah, no, that's true. And well, I mean, we're getting into the better games. Sure. Here, so sure. I mean, I just. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's difficult to, yeah. I think that this is a team that lost to Iowa. Yes. And here's the thing. I think that throughout this year, people have been like pumping up the big 10, like they're the next coming. And I think fundamentally they're not that fantastic. And that's why I don't think they're going to, I think especially if Michigan loses to Florida state, I think that'll like make people's heads spin. So maybe I'm rooting for it a little bit, although I don't hate Michigan, but yeah. The next day, New Year's Eve, we have a couple of games, but we're only going to talk about one of them, okay. uh, and we'll come back later. The Buffalo Wild Wings Citrus Bowl featuring LSU, number 20, versus Louisville, number 13. Ooh. That'll be a fun game. I think that – I think LSU is going to win. Yeah. I think, I think LSU is going to win. I think that uh, letting go Les Miles throughout the year really has served as a spark that the team needed. Um, I think Les Miles is a, a great coach, but it was his time to go. And, uh, you know, I think that it's, it's an LSU's court. Heisman winners tend to lose. It's also true. That uh, is also very true. Not always. Not always. Like Marcus Mariota won, won the game. Heisman and managed to beat up on Florida State. I'm just going to point that out. And then eventually lose. Well, ultimately. But sure. it, the thing sure. with the Heisman is usually you have to go on a series of press junkets right. for a while and you aren't around your team and right. that's a problem. So I think that's a plus in LSU's favor. Mm-hmm. I think that Louisville's defense isn't quite as physical, which I think can open up a lot of opportunities for LSU. Mm-hmm. I like the way that they play for Ed Orgeron, who's now got that job full time. So I think I think that's probably right. I think I think LSU probably upsets Louisville here. I think that's true. Um, and Louisville didn't play great down the stretch, so there we go. That's very true. The Tax Slayer Bowl does not have any law schools in it, and that's a, sl- a shame because I love that name. <laughs> I really well, it does have it's a law most, school. It it just has one of them though, so that's it's the, the most legally themed TNA, exactly uh, right bowl gate name. So, but Kentucky's in it, and they play great down the stretch. We love Kentucky. We mm-hmm. have. We have uh, they do very professors well. who are big fans of the blog there. The so. law school also tends to do very well placing their graduates into full-time jobs after graduation. There you go. Good point. Let's skip ahead a couple of days. January 2nd, Ooh. while you're recovering. <laughs> actually, it's not even while you're recovering. First, that would be yeah. the first. We don't have any games on the first because it's a Sunday. So Watch the NFL. Yeah. yeah, you watch the NFL instead. So on the, the second, what we have is... The Outback Bowl between number 17, Florida, and Iowa. Florida. It's Iowa. It's just a mess of teams. Iowa did beat Michigan, but... Um, sure. Sure. Yeah. I, this is... This, this I is mean, a, after... This is a you, pair of teams that will try very hard to lose the game. I think that's true. Uh, I'm going to say it's Florida. Florida. Like, Florida, Florida literally fell backwards into winning the SEC East. They did. Like, they, it took a lot of work on everyone else's part for that to happen. <laughs> 
yeah. So you're SEC's champions, which all that wins you is the ability to get demolished by Alabama. Gosh, uh, that's a lot of teams' prize this year. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I guess Florida. I think that's what I think. I don't know. Law school wise, they're probably both good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Eh, I think it's kind of a push. Uh, also that day, the Cotton Bowl between Western Michigan and which is number fifteen and undefeated. And number eight, Wisconsin. I'm going to say, maybe this is more hope than reality, but I really hope that Western Michigan wins this game. I think that they're, they don't play as, you know, they're not a power five conference. They don't play as many of these big games, but I think they've some got some great coaching and I'd love to see them take on Wisconsin and win. Yeah, I think I would like to see that too. I'm going to go ahead and assume Wisconsin wins though. Okay. I think that... At a, certain, at a certain point, I think Wisconsin is a solid program. I think they have a lot better talent in mm -hmm. places. I think their coaching is great. Not to slight P.J. Fleck, who's done amazing things. Row They're the undefeated. Boat, right? That's him, right? Row the boat. Yep, yep. Now, that said, I think we all know who the better law school is here because Wisconsin is Wisconsin, and Western Michigan Law School Used is to be. Thomas Cooley. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, arguably arguably the worst law school going right now. Definitely um, on the list. It's on, it's on the list of about of five schools. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it wasn't always that way. True. There have certainly been good Thomas Cooley graduates over the years, uh, including the uh, coach oh, of the, the, uh, lightning? the Lightning. Yeah, yeah, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, yeah. thanks. I blanked. That was uh, right. Yeah, there have been some great NHL coaches to come out of Thomas Cooley Law School. Or, or a, a, a. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the point is they... Still, there's a... Coach it used to be NHL. a school that served Michigan at, in a good capacity, but right. it's it has they, they've, fallen they've from gotten, that path. Yeah, they've they've fallen off a little bit and gotten greedy, and uh, here they are. All right, we have two more. Mm -hmm. So, uh, also on the evening of January second, number nine, University of Southern California uh -huh. versus number five, Pennsylvania State Ooh. University. Okay, Penn State was super fun to watch in the uh, Big Ten championship game. I think it would be a great story if they won, I think. But I think that USC is probably a better team. I think they've been more consistent. Um, I think they probably have better athletes. And I think that for – especially when you take this much time off before you play from your last game to your next game, I think that you know having the, the better athletes tends to matter. So I think that USC is going to win. To borrow from the good people at the – podcast solid verbal i agree <laughs> yeah usc right now may be the team that nobody wants any piece of I uh, they are i think vegas odds makers have them currently as the number three team in their eyes mm -hmm. as far as they would pretty much beat anybody but the top two teams so i uh it'll be, it'll be interesting <laughs> I, it's a game i'm definitely looking forward to um i hope it's very competitive i hope it's a good game but I think that if I was putting money on it, I'd put my money on USC. Yeah, I think that's true as well. They had a rough start, but they've certainly looked great down the stretch. They've looked disturbingly good, yeah. Bringing us to our last game, which goes back in time to New Year's Eve. Uh-huh. The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which also is one half of the college football playoffs. Yeah. Number four, University of Washington versus number one, University of Alabama. Okay. So no one's going to tell you to put money on anything but Alabama. And probably don't put money on Alabama because I don't think your odds are going to be that great. Maybe if you're playing the spread or something like that. Which uh, I think is 
14 plus at this point. Gosh, yeah. Maybe don't put money in Alabama either. But no one's going to tell you to bet against Alabama at this point. But I don't know. I'm certainly hopeful that Washington wins. I don't think it'll happen. But man, could you imagine how crazy it'd be if Washington won that game? No, yeah. Like, that'd be super fun. I mean, look, all right. So to build up some hope for Washington fans, which I like to do, build up hope for them and then crush it because I went to Oregon. Um, To build up hope for Washington fans, honestly, at full strength, I think you are a team that could play with and potentially beat Alabama. Maybe not every time, but, you know, three, three, three times out of 10, maybe. I mean, I think that's possible if you were at full strength. Uh, you're However, not going to be at full strength. Uh, meanwhile, Alabama could lose their entire first stringers and still be at full strength. Uh, <laughs> I think that your coaching is fantastic, but I don't know as though that's going to be enough. I think that Alabama wins this game. That said, hey, there's precedent. Nobody thought that Ohio State team that won the first that National won a couple years ago was going to be able to keep up with that Bama was like two years ago, two right? Years ago, yeah, yeah. That's true. I'm certainly hopeful, but uh, I would not lay money on that possibility. All right. This was an interesting experiment in thinking like a lawyer about sports, I guess. Yeah, uh, we, we analyzed it using our legally trained minds. See how I'm trying to justify this? You are really trying to put this round ball well, no, to a square hole. Well, no, actually, one of the things about this is I... Uh, well, I was inspired a bit. I mentioned Solid Verbal, uh, a college football podcast already on this, but... Their most downloaded episode ever, apparently, at least according to them, was one that they did where one of the hosts talked to one of ESPN's football analytic gurus only about 90s pop punk for an hour and 10 minutes. Well, that's pretty specific. Yeah. Yeah, They just talked about that. They basically used those personalities to talk about nothing remotely about their subject matter. And it was huge. So maybe we'll get uh, college football people. Yeah. Although we did not have a ton of disagreement on this list. We didn't. They didn't actually disagree a ton either uh, about pop punk. But because I mean, how could you? I mean, it's so obvious, isn't it? All right. Well, with that said, I think we should wrap this up. I will point out, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that you should be subscribing to Thinking Like a Lawyer via whatever system you use to subscribe to podcasts. You should leave reviews on that system, especially if it's iTunes. Leave reviews, give us stars. That helps move us up the algorithm that's used to recommend podcasts to people so more people can hear us then. You can also download the Legal Talk Network app. That way you can listen to us and all the Legal Talk Network's offerings. You can follow us on AboveTheLaw.com, which is where both of us write. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at, at Joseph Patrice. You're at Catherine One. At Catherine One. Very early adopter of Twitter. I was. So, with, and you spell it with a... K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. A yeah, with the Y. All right. That said, I think that covers everything. So thanks for filling in for uh, Ellie here. Thanks for having me on there, Joe. Actually. All right. Great. We will talk to you in the future. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. 
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.